This is Speaking with the Enemy. Yes, it is Speaking with the Enemy and uh, an enemy broadcaster and a former enemy on the field, Natea Jay is here with us, uh, now with TSN 1050, but a former Argo. And we were just talking off the air before we came on here. You, Labor Day, memorable for you, uh, because why, Natea? So, uh, obviously, Argos, Ticats, you know, one of the biggest rivalries in all sports, right? But in 2014, that was my first ever start in the CFL, my rookie season. Uh, Spencer Watt goes on an injury the week before. So, I'm, you know, tasked with the duty of starting in the first ever game at Tip Horns Field. And I'm thinking, okay, I've watched this game my whole life. I've seen all the fights, all the battles, the rivalry. I know what it's all about. But you don't know what it's about until game time comes and you can't hear anything. The fans are going nuts because it's the first game at Tim Hortons Field and and it is Labor Day and it is the Argos. So lots of memories from that day. Uh, my family was in the stands. They didn't love it because Ticats fans, you know, you know how they roll. Uh, but I will never forget that game. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned it. it they're, they're, that rivalry, the, the Argos-Ticats rivalry is, is, is special no matter what time of year they play. But on Labor Day, like for you, you get to come to, to Tim Hortons Field, you know, you and Hoagie broadcasting for TSN 1050. Like, are, are you nervous? Are you excited? Like you're, you're on the road with the, with the Argos. How are you feeling? Yeah. No, things have changed a bit since I've been the broadcast booth. Because I have to tell you, like every game I've ever played in my life, whether it was practice, high school, college, anywhere, every, any football game, I've always been nervous. Like not nervous, but anxious. You know what I mean? And always have butterflies, you know, day, night before, day of the game, until I get my first catch or touch the ball for the first time, then it goes away. But for games, like my first game, we just did this uh, past week, no nerves at all, just pure bliss, you know, just enjoying everything there is to offer about game day, you know, seeing the action, seeing my friends out there on the field, it just, it's really fun. It's a blast. It just feels like I, I know. Don't tell my bosses, but I, I can't believe they're paying me to do this because I would, <laughs> I would honestly do it for free. So it's all good, all fun. Uh, we'll have to, we'll have to bleep that out. Uh, for my bosses, I am still willing to be paid. So make sure uh, there's a check in the mail. Um, let's talk about this new role because uh, was did you always know you wanted to get into broadcasting? I mean, you've always had a passion playing football since you were a kid. Like. Was this kind of the natural progression for you, or was it something that over the course of your career, you looked at guys and were like, okay, I, I can do that? So a little bit of both. Like, we were talking before we got on about, you know, legendary TSM broadcasters. And since I was a kid, man, I didn't watch cartoons. I was watching Center on the loop, and my mom was like, don't you want to watch something else? I'm like, no, this is what I want to watch. So I've kind of always been enamored with the sports media side. Um, I remember my dad dropping me off at school. He'd be having the, the Fan 590 in the car. Um, and funny enough, we'd be listening to, like, Hogan uh, on the Fan 592 and, and guys like Don Landry. And, uh, you know, so it was it was something that I always thought about. I didn't know quite how I would get into it. So, you know, throughout this pandemic, I mean, I got the chance, you know, to sit back and see what do I really want to do. And, I, you know, I love the media side. So I started a podcast. You know, really loved it. You know, wasn't getting paid for it, but, you know, really loved putting in the work and creating something from scratch. And they really scratched that itch. So, um, and then on the other hand, seeing, you know, all the former players get into media was kind of, you know, showed me that I could do it. You know, I have the passion for it. I like talking to guys. Why not? Right. So that was, it's kind of a bit of both for me. It's so funny. You, I mean, it's, 
what you just said there, you know, you, you and your dad coming back from school, coming back from practice, listening to the fan 590. And it's just like, I got goosebumps. Just like I pictured myself in my dad's like white Ford Tricell. Like, can we listen to something else? No, no, we got to listen to the 2020 sports update. We got to. So it's just, I mean, it's funny because very similar stories in terms of wanting to get involved in broadcasting. And you just like, you brought me back right there to my yeah. dad's car and that AM radio uh, blaring on a, a summer night coming home from baseball or something but uh, very cool. Um, what about this Argos team here? What do you, what do you make of what we've seen two games in? Um, and, and is there sort of a, a belief that this Argos team can, can compete with the best in the CFL? Absolutely. I mean, you talk to all the guys on the team. It's, it's a different Argos team, right? They brought in, they made a lot of noise in free agency, right? But they brought in winning caliber players. Coach Daniel Reddy really emphasized that in, uh, in the players that he wanted to bring in. He wanted to bring in a certain type of character guys, certain kind of guy. That's why you saw a lot of guys got signed from Calgary and Saskatchewan because they have cultures there, winning cultures there, right? So you know, there's a lot of jokes that, you know, it's, it's Calgary out east, right? But no, really, those are the you know, winning type of players that, you know, Coach Dinwiddie's used to coaching and the kind of players that make a difference. And not just, you know, it's one thing to have high character guys and, and no talent, but these are high character guys with talent, right? And, you know, Coach Dinwiddie's been a, you know, a hot candidate for a long time in this league, and he's finally getting his opportunity, you know, to step out of you know, the Calgary shadow a little bit and, and put his imprint, put his own stamp on the team. And the early returns are really good. I mean, I was I signed to Toronto in 2020 before and, you know, just talking to him uh, before the season and how fired up he was just it was just a, it was probably first thing in the morning, like 7 a.m. And this dude had me ready to run, ready to run through a wall for him. And I'm like, man, I didn't you know, I haven't even brushed my teeth yet. And, you know, he got me ready to roll. Right. So. You know, the passion he has is unparalleled. The players, players coach, but he knows when it's time for business. The guys love playing for him. There's a lot of talent on this team. Uh, and guys know, like, when you talk to guys, you know when you have a talented roster, right? And you know when you have a chance. And uh, the belief is sky high uh, on this team. And, you know, they feel like if they play their game, they, they can't be beat. And it's just about putting in the reps because the players are still relatively new, but just about putting the reps, going through journeys, going through different situations together and, and figuring it out as you go. But the talent is there. The coaching is there. You know, the, the general manager, um, Pinball, Murph, Vince, all did a great job with this team. And uh, you mentioned uh, just those connections to Calgary and Dinwiddie, but one of them uh, was on full display uh, the last time they played. Of course, didn't get to play this Thursday, but the last time they played, uh, we got to see Nick Arbuckle and just maybe just what he could do. And even that was still 310 yards, solid performance, protected the ball, uh, no interceptions. How has he fit into this offense? And, and is he kind of – is he the, the quarterback that the Argos have been waiting for for, for, the, net, for the last few years here? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, even going back to James Franklin, and uh, I think this is this is the kind of quarterback they're looking for. But the thing is, this offense suits his system, his style, right? He had he played on this offense in Calgary, so he got to know the ins and outs. He came in his first ever game in the CFL, 2019, for uh, second game of the season. Bo Levi gets hurt in the fourth quarter. Calgary's trailing by 10 at the time, right? He comes all the way back, leads the team down, drive the score, and then drive to get a field goal. They're up by uh, – no, they're trailing by 10, and they, they go up by six, I believe. And it just shows so much poise. It shows so much of uh, just the Calgary mentality of where they – no matter who they put in there, 
you know, they're, they're able to succeed and they do a great job scouting. And he's one of the guys you're seeing it with, with Mayer now uh, is like, they have an eye for talent. And if you're able to get one of their players um, on, on your roster, you know, you're getting a good one. So Arbuckle is certainly that he, he had a, he, he came out in Winnipeg two weeks ago, right? His first action, you could tell the energy was different. The game was flat until he came in there. The energy was different. He came into the huddle, commanded things, making throws on time, on target. And that's what you want to see. And that's what I like seeing from him, right? The guys, the receivers that I talked to, they like both him and Macbeth, but Arbuckle just has a certain air about him where he comes in the game, you you know it's go time, right? So uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. Um, just looking forward to continue looking for to, for consistency because he's never been a quarterback for a whole season, right? This is kind of his first time. So that's what, that's the next step. You know, he can do it. Now we just want to see it for a whole season. And uh, a, a guy that uh, just kind of, I, I don't want to say showed up because he's been here for, he's, he's, his name has been all over the, uh, the, the football game the last uh, couple of years, but uh, DJ Foster, um, wow, what a CFL debut. Couldn't have uh, written it any better. 10 touches for 100-plus yards. Um, this, guy, this guy is good. And I guess for, for Argos fans, for Ticats fans, we'll get to see him up close on, on Monday. But for Argonauts fans, a really an electric player that can get that building excited quick. Oh, quick. I mean, I knew he was playing. He was on the roster. And it looked like he was going to you know, do a majority of special teams, returning kicks and all that. But, you know, they kind of mixed them in well, right? It, it almost looked like what back in the day what Winnipeg would do with Timothy Flanders and uh, Andrew Harris, where they would have that two running back system. They can flex one out, throw a screen pass here, have the other one in the backfield. You just never would know where they would be. Where the, and there were threats from all over the field. And, you know, it's interesting because watching the game – uh, Hogan was like, he was telling me the stat where um, DJ Foster was one, one of five guys in the NCAA to uh, run for 2,000 yards and also catch for 2,000 yards, which, which is unbelievable. And in high school, in one game in high school, he ran for, I believe, over 560 yards in one game. I, w- I was like, what? Like, these are, you know, fantasy. I mean, you couldn't even do that in a video game if it was on easy, right? So this guy is, is a baller. <laughs> And, and you know he can play. Um, and just watching him, every time he touched the ball, I, I looked over to Hogan. I'm like, he's playing. He's, I literally said this. I'm like, he's playing like he never wants to be off the roster again. So very exciting player, knows what to do with the ball, can run, can catch. Uh, exciting, exciting every time he touched the ball. The, those, every, it's funny. It was his first game. But when he got the ball in his hands, the crowd kind of was like, oh. <laughs> you know, anticipating something to happen. So it was uh, very, very fun to watch his, his debut. Um, and uh, I want you to finish the sentence for me. The Argos will win on Monday if? If we don't turn the ball over. No, they, that, was a, that, was a big, it, that was a big point of uh, emphasis uh, in, in, the, in the last game against Winnipeg. No turnovers. I mean, there was one turnover. It was a sack fumble, right, and it led to seven. And that's the only reason why Winnipeg really got back in that game. But if you, if you eliminate that, it, it was – it was it was turning into a blowout kind of game. So um, I think if the Argos don't turn the ball over, it, it, it'll be a win. Yeah, and the Ticat secondary is getting healthy, and uh, that'll obviously present a challenge for uh, for this Ticat for this Argos receiving group. Uh, Nate, it is great to connect with you. I can't wait to see uh, somebody who's broadcasting football in person uh, in this stadium. Uh, so thank you so much for doing this. Appreciate it. Unreal. Thanks for having me, Lewis. It was really fun. 
Uh, you're great at what you do. I love your energy, man. And uh, hopefully you can meet up uh, on Labor Day. Absolutely. Uh, we will 100% make sure we do that. Maybe even have a, a celebratory uh, beverage afterwards. Uh, maybe if the Thai Cats win or if the Argos lose. Nate, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, and appreciate you, the listener, for tuning in. Uh, this has been Speaking with the Enemy on the Thai Cats Audio Network. And for the Thai Cats Audio Network, I'm Louis B. Hoping you have a great day.